What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970 World Cup, Brazil played England in the group stages. After the match, Pelé swapped shirts with the legendary defender Bobby Moore. But a few hours later, he almost had to go ask Bobby Moore for his jersey back. You see, during the game, thieves had broken into the locker room and stolen all his jerseys. Back then, in 1970, it wasn't that easy to get official World Cup jerseys mailed to you in a timely fashion. But perhaps one of the reasons why the thieves wanted those jerseys was because Pelé wore the number 10, a number that he made iconic. I think it's probably the only number now not probably, it is the only number now that still retains the weight and still gets the ooh and ah. And and still, when you say it, people that are watching the game and people that have followed the game know exactly what you're talking about. And more importantly, there is a collective and accepted type of expectation that comes with that. The number 10 has a special place in soccer. It's an archetype, if you will. An emblem. And what I'm saying is it's the most famous number in soccer. That's what life is about. Change is constant. But the 10 has endured. It's a legendary number. It's venerated as being the soul of the team, really. This is the savior. This is the hope. In Italy, it's even called a fantasista. I think there's something so irresistible. There's no argument about the center of gravity in a team. Then there's the the aura of the number 10. He'd stepped out of another dimension. That beautiful arrogance. He was flowing. The ultimate number 10. He was fragile. The most dominant playmaker ever. He was phenomenal, of course. Just a phenomenal player. Why wouldn't you want the ball at the feet of your best player? There's nobody who epitomized the romance of the 10 the way he did. And so I guess he wasn't a god, he was human. That's what makes number 10 the most iconic shirt in football. How did 10 become the most coveted number? So much so that it was worth stealing. And if you're listening, you're a perfect 10 to me. Because today is all about the number 10. I'm Nando Vila, 
and you're listening to the best soccer podcast in the world. Vamos Diego, lo estaban agarrando. Carigia la línea, la ventaja. Carigia ahora o nunca. El tiempo, Carigia. Gol. Michael Owen, he's got goals with him, but it's still Owen. Oh, what a goal! Cristiano Ronaldo, yes. Oh, yes. The goal all of Italy wanted to see. The man they wanted in the Italian team. Oh, that's brilliant! Oh, that's wonderful! That is a magnificent goal. Soccer players didn't always wear numbers, you know. The Derby Daily Telegraph called the 1933 FA Cup final the most novel cup final in the history of football. Quote, Every player, for the first time, will have a huge distinguishing number on his back. One team wore 1 through 11, and the other 12 through 22. So, you know, they actually, we didn't have short you know, shirt numbers for the first sort of 60 years of the game, right? But shirt numbers help you identify the player. And as a kid, you watch television and you generally want to be the most skillful player. And it's generally the guy with number 10 on the back. This is Gabriele Marcotti, senior writer for ESPN. But how did the most skillful player end up with number 10 in the first place? Well, okay. So the a brief history of numbers in soccer, right? When numbers were first created, teams played a 2-3-5 formation. You had two defenders, you had three midfielders, and you had five forwards. The English Football Association started mandating shirt numbers during the 1930s. One through 11 on each side. Back then, instead of the players keeping one number that followed them, the position kept the number. Number one is a goalkeeper. Two and three are the two defenders. Four, five, and six are your midfielders. Seven through 11 are your forwards. At this time, tactics are evolving. A midfielder or two drops into defense, and they started to drag their numbers along with them. So once two of those three moved back and one became the defender, you had the two inside forwards moving back. And because the forwards were seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eight and ten moved into midfield. The number 10 is the guy who facilitated play. This varied by country. For instance, in England, the 10 was a striker. 10 has always signified, though, regardless of where you were, a player who operated centrally and was an outstanding and was usually your, your most gifted player. Could be a forward, could be an attacking midfielder, but always central. And then, of course, the rest of the mythology is to do with the players who wore it, from Pelé to Maradona. That's what makes number 10 the most iconic shirt in football. The story of how 10 became the dude dates back three quarters of a century. And it was kind of a fluke. It's June 1958. Picture yourself as you're about to tune in. You're at the rich kid's house, where they have a newfangled television set. You're using aerosol deodorant and fluoride toothpaste, fresh on the market for the first time that year. The polio vaccine courses through your veins, and Sputnik circles the skies above you. Minimum wage is $1. Everyone agrees they want to spend it on a hula hoop or Barbie this Christmas. You turn off Elvis, now in stereo, long enough to watch the big game. There's a lot of really big changes happening really quickly in technology and science around this time. 
But none of it has prepared you for this 17 and a half year old thick-thighed kid on the TV who does things with his leather-paneled pig bladder that you didn't know were even possible within the laws of physics. It feels like your brain is being pulled apart, segment by segment, like orange slices, rearranged and put Newton back Santos. into your skull. Olhou para área, lançamento do Newton Santos pro Pelé, pro Pelé, pro Pelé. That kid is called Pelé. Real name Edson Arantes do Nascimento. He's wearing the number 10. He scores one more in a 5-2 win over host Sweden in the World Cup final. Remember, this is the first internationally televised World Cup. In the grainy black and white footage, you can't see that Brazil lost the coin toss and had to wear blue jerseys with improvised yellow numbering. Just how did the youngest player ever to appear in a World Cup final nab the number 10 jersey? Pure dumb luck. When Brazil sent in their roster paperwork, they hadn't included the numbers. And when I say sent in paperwork, I mean just that. This was eight years before fax machines were invented. There's this FIFA stooge, Lorenzo Vilizio. He's from Uruguay, and he's sitting in the FIFA offices checking all the rosters. There isn't enough time to mail something to the Brazilian Federation and have them mail back squad numbers, which had been mandatory since the previous World Cup in 1954. So what does Lorenzo Vilizio do? He assigns numbers arbitrarily. Gilmar, the starting goalkeeper, gets the number three. Very weird for a goalkeeper. And Pelé, oh sure, why not? He gets the number 10. At the insistence of the players themselves, manager Vicente Fiola has brought in a bandy-legged right winger named Garincha and a 17-year-old inside left named Pelé. The number 10 was what Pelé was wearing when he fainted as Brazil won their first World Cup trophy. It's the jersey he wore while all his teammates lifted him, ugly crying, onto their shoulders. That's the same number he wore on the jersey he used to wipe his tears after scoring his 1,000th career goal for Santos. That's the number burned into our memories of the first World Cup televised in color in 1970. The number 10, standing out against bright yellow. And Brazil take the lead. An almighty leap by the famous Brazil number 10. The Italian defense appeared to have any danger covered, but Pele just seemed to hang in the air. A majestic header for 1-0. That's the jersey the Cosmos retired at halftime of his farewell match when he took it off, waved it to the crowd, and handed it to his father. Father and son, here is the moment when number 10 of the Cosmos disappears forever. That's the jersey the Cosmos retired again, for some reason, when the club reformed three decades later. And that's the jersey number he wore for the Allied prisoners against the Nazis in the movie Victory, starring Sly Stallone and Michael Caine. Sly Stallone played goalkeeper. Cool. I have to give me ball. Here, I do this, 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 this. Go. Easy. <laughs> Watch Pelé for Santos or early black and white Brazil, and what stands out is the only thing on his crisp white jersey is the number 10. No name, no sponsors, no logos. Just 10. And a 
effort. People being chased all over the field. There are players on the park. There are spectators on the park. There are now policemen on the park. Now everybody's on the park. The game is over. Brazil have won it. Pelé is being mobbed. By the time Pelé joined the Cosmos, he himself was the emblem. Henry Kissinger, of all people, convinced Pelé to move to the United States in order to further American interests. He was voted the most famous person in the world and, get this, the athlete of the century. The Brazilian government passed a bill naming him a national treasure. The Biafran War, plaguing Nigeria, paused for two days to see him play. The Pope was nervous to meet him. The New York Times called him the Beatles, Babe Ruth, and Billy Graham all rolled into one. His nickname is Orei, the King, or Orei do Futebol, the King of Football. This was all before jerseys had names on the back. Footage was rudimentary, sometimes too grainy to even make out facial features. It makes sense that fans might instead develop an affinity for a position, for a thing they could see, a number. So the number 10 jersey in soccer, I think traditionally it means that this is your, and the word that we we love to use in soccer, uh, it's probably overused, but this is your talisman. This is the person that leads you on and off the field. This is the person that personifies the way that you want to play, This is the savior. This is the hope. This is your creative force on the field. This is the person that, if you need that moment of magic and greatness, this is the person that you believe is going to provide it for you. This is Alexi Lalas. He marked many a number 10 as a defender for the USA and Padova in Italy. He's now a commentator for Fox Sports. So when you're dealing with the number 10 of any ability or talent... You first have to come to grips with the fact that he or she is going to do damage. So you can't stop it, but you're going to have to limit that damage. And so how are you going to go about doing that? Are you going to have somebody that follows the number 10 everywhere they go, including to the bathroom and back? Maybe you're not going to do that. Maybe you're going to, by committee, try to shut them down. Are you going to do it in a (laughs) less than honorable way, which is certainly an effective way? So hack-a-shack or whatever. The best players want to wear number 10. More about what happened next after the break. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of my Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor... Stay from is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the first World Cup post-Pelé, 1974, Argentina came up with a new numbering system to prevent arguments. They assigned numbers alphabetically. This led to a weird situation in a later Copa America where the goalkeeper wore number 10. It's just wrong. Argentina kept this system for over a decade. Except in 1982. There was one permitted exchange. Numbers 10 and 12 swapped numbers before the tournament. That's because a skinny 21-year-old boy with a poofy fro was already the dude. Diego Armando Maradona. By 1986, Maradona was captain and maintained the number 10, and Argentina won the World Cup. And the man who receives it is Diego Maradona of Argentina, the world's greatest player, receives the world's most important football prize. Who wore it best? I mean, for me, it's Diego. Right? I mean, Diego Maradona, for me, is still the greatest player ever to play the game. I mean, there's no, there's no argument. Like, I'm too young for Pelé, but there's only one Maradona. I'm not saying he's the greatest ever, but I'm saying there's nobody who epitomized the romance of the 10 the way he did. Both Alexi and Gab are sophisticated gentlemen of a certain age, which means they were young and impressionable when Maradona was making an impression. You're always going to have the baggage of when you grew up and time, and there will be someone that didn't grow up with the Maradona era that will look at Messi and won't be able to be persuaded other than it's it's him. I think that, you know, what Diego Maradona for me, much more so than Pele or anybody, well, first off, the first World Cup I ever saw was 1986. And again, I was 16 years old and I was in the lobby of the, of the Holiday Inn. They set up a TV and it was the summer of 1986 and I was on I was in Colorado in Colorado Springs at the Pikes Peak Invitational Tournament with my travel team from Michigan and we set up a television in the lobby of the Holiday Inn there in Colorado Springs and we would watch the World Cup What did teenage Alexi see? Well, against England in the quarterfinals he saw two of the most famous goals of all time scored. First blood to Argentina. England far from happy. Think they've seen an infringement. And that is why England are so furious. Maradona has punched it in with his left hand. Maradona famously said that the goal was scored, quote, a little with the head of Maradona and a little with the hand of God. And just a few minutes later, Maradona brilliantly just gets away from Reed and now motors up through the gears and he's beaten Butcher. 
and he's beaten Fennec. It's Diego Maradona, and it is quite magnificent. If there was an element of doubt about the first goal, there's no controversy about that moment of genius from Diego Maradona. 11 touches, 11 seconds, 68 meters. FIFA voted it the goal of the century. He was a man, but he was doing things that I had never seen be done. And, and I loved that while I looked at him as a god, even in that tournament, he became human. And he wore his passion on his sleeve, and he was equal parts saint and sinner. The jersey Maradona was wearing that day sold at an auction for $9.3 million. Napoli, Maradona's team in Italy, retired his number 10. Argentina tried to. They submitted a World Cup roster in 2002 without anyone listed at number 10. FIFA refused. FIFA president Sepp Blatter suggested giving the number to the third-string goalie. That way, Argentina's number 10 would be legally permitted to use his hands. Oh, that's Sepp Blatter. Always with the zingers. In 2005, Maradona hosted a weekly TV show called Ten's Night. It started at 10 p.m. He is the ultimate, the ultimate number 10. The mix of anarchy, of creativity, of, of leadership as well. The fact that he could be as one sort of individual and represent the team. All the ingredients of the perfect 10 are there. And, you know, I don't want to upset the Messi fans or the Ronaldo fans. Oh, but Messi, you know, yeah, maybe they're better players. I right? Fine. But the number 10 is Diego. Did he wear it with the most honor, I guess, if you want to say? Well, it depends, you know, how, what you think of it. I just think that he was the most interesting and the most human of the 10 gods out there. And so I guess he wasn't a god. He was human. <laughs> By now, it was sealed. Not one, but two of the greatest to ever pull on a soccer jersey had the number 10 stitched on the back. The number 10 was an icon. Everyone had to have one. In El Salvador, it's our old pal El Magico González, who Maradona called better than Pelé or himself. Fas, the team he always played for, retired Magico's number 10 jersey after he finally quit. France has produced two great number 10s. My personal favorite number 10 is Michel Platini. Welcome, Michael Jokin, the number 10 of contrarians. Well, I, he was just uh, one of the most elegant and dominant playmakers ever. Maybe the most dominant playmaker ever. Between 1983 and 1986, Platini won the Ballon d'Or three times. The Serie A twice. The European Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, the Euros, and got third in the World Cup. He was just a phenomenal player and I enjoy watching uh, his highlights more than I Enjoy watching Maradona, for example. Platini! Goal! Platini for France with a minute to go! Number 10s tend to be associated with the big moments in the big tournaments where they provide the difference. There are stories about tournaments being dominated by players. At times, it's just wrong perception, you know, because... For example, Zinedine Zidane was poor. He was outright poor during the 98 World Cup. Zidane! Zidane sur ce premier corner français place un coup de tête 
Roberto Baggio had a poor tournament in 1994. But in Euro 84, when France won and Michel Platini scored in every game and was the top scorer of the tournament from midfield, he scored two hat-tricks. It's probably the best tournament by any player, really, by any player ever. The guy scored nine goals in five matches from midfield and led his team to their first ever gold medals. That was, for me, the greatest performance by a single player in a single tournament. Of course, Zidane went and did what Platini couldn't, winning France's first World Cup wearing the number 10. Zidane was the quiet or silent assassin. And it was almost as if he played with um, a belief that it was almost beneath him to even be there <laughs> with you. <laughs> and, you know, that beautiful arrogance. France are the world champions and the flashlights around the Stade France go glittering away. There were times where his fury and his anger on the field was because it was so easy for him and that he was operating on a different plane. And so that, you know, that's, that's how good he was. More about what happened next after the break. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Besides, when you grow up, the number 10 you most venerate depends on where you grow up. Well, it's blue and it's fluttering in the wind and fluttering on top of it is a crinkly ponytail. Oh, what do you mean? What does it mean? I thought you meant what does it mean to me? I'm off having raptures about 
Il Divino Codino, Roberto Baggio. But you're saying, what does the number 10 jersey mean? In Italy, and I think everywhere, but particularly in Italy, it's venerated as being the soul of the team, really. James Richardson, host of the Totally Football Show, everybody. The Divine Ponytail. That's his nickname. That's what his Netflix biopic is called. For all of us who had our regrettable rat tail phase, Baggio made it cool. He won two Serie A titles, the Ballon d'Or, and finished second and third in the World Cup. Brescia retired the number 10 jersey after he left. I was blessed to be living in Italy, not just alive, but living in Italy at a time when you had three of the greatest number 10s ever, soon to be followed by another Francesco Totti, because you had Zola and Baggio and Roberto Mancini all doing their thing in number 10 jerseys in Serie A at the same time. And that was extraordinary. But there was something about Baggio, and I can't put my finger on it. There was just something about him that he'd stepped out of another dimension. Okay, well, so Baggio, how did he play? I mean, first of all, he kind of defied description because he was so good. Nowadays, we have players with incredible armories of skills and flicks and tricks, and there are names for a lot of them. But Baggio didn't really do those things. Sure, he famously scored a Rabona goal, and he would do stupid stuff like that. But generally speaking, he was a lot more essential than that. He was flowing. He was fragile. He was phenomenal, of course. But he seemed... The way that he moved on the field for me was a little bit like a leaf skipping along on an autumn breeze. He would just seem to glide along. And there wasn't any, much as a leaf, there wasn't any great kind of directness necessarily to the movement. But there wasn't anything that you could put your finger on. You couldn't pin him down. And yes, he was gone. There's just something about him and the way that he, the dignity that he always had and the grace he had, and yeah, for me, he's the greatest number 10. In 1994, FIFA made changes to uniforms. They added squad numbers to the front and put player names on the back. Commercial sponsors threatened to crowd out any blank space. But cluttered as uniforms have become, that number 10 is still special when you see it. So maybe it's all for the best that Argentina couldn't retire Maradona's jersey. I don't think you can talk about the 10 without talking about Argentina. And there you have, of course, Maradona, of course, Messi, and Juan Román Riquelme. As someone who's seen Messi play in person and sees the highlights of Maradona, for me, Messi will go down in history as the best ever time. And, um, John, where should we forward our hate mail? I'll take it, it's fine. I'm John Arnold, a journalist who's been covering soccer for more than a decade. You know little Leo Messi. He just won his first World Cup and has won every single other trophy and award multiple times, setting all sorts of scoring and assisting records. Crowd standing as one. It is Messi! Surging forward with real menace here. Brilliant from Messi. Oh, what a goal that is. It's a gorgeous one. And Messi will not be denied this time. I think he'll be looked at as the best 10 and the best player we've ever seen. 
I hope he gets surpassed because that's what sports is about. That's what life is about. Change is constant. We want to see our greats surpassed. And I think people will always stump for the guy that they watched, right? Because it's always going to feel like the best when you were watching and you saw and that's your guy. But to me, I think Messi will go down as the best 10 and I'd make the case. It's a tired debate in a lot of ways. I think Messi over Maradona. But the number 10 isn't any particular guy. It's an idea. It's an archetype. And there's unwritten rules about who is allowed to wear the number 10 jersey. When number 10 goes to someone less talented, it's fans don't like it. Uh, the press doesn't. It's considered a big problem. For example, Italy at a certain stage gave number 10 shirt to Tiago Mota, who actually is a very good player. He's a very intelligent player, but he's a defensive midfielder and giving him the number 10 shot was considered a crime by the Italians. William Gallas, a French defender, wore number 10 at Arsenal. People still talk about how dumb that was. Goalkeeper Cristiano Lupatelli got the jersey at Chievo Verona. He did it to win a bet with his friends. There's a Zlatan Ibrahimovic quote that I think about a lot. This big Norwegian striker named John Carew that one day made fun of Zlatan's excessive flicks. So Zlatan says, What John Carew can do with a football, I can do with an orange. Diego Maradona used to juggle with an orange while doing errands as a boy. A barefooted Pelé dribbled grapefruits through the streets of Bauru. These are guys who seem to be playing a different sport with a different set of Newtonian laws. Then there's the the aura of the number 10. And, you know, that awe factor, whether it's out loud or whether it's whispered. You know, it's it's like a Kaiser Sose or something like that. You know, you're you feel that you are in the presence of something special. And even that can make you do things that you didn't normally do. <laughs> so, you know, stepping on the field with with these greats, you have to be aware of them, but you can't drown in your awe of them. Otherwise they've already won. The ten is player who does things that no one else saw coming, typically a player who's able to find the pass that creates the goal, and often has to be extremely creative to find that. There's something so irresistible about the center of gravity in a team, a guy who always wants the ball at his feet, and you know when you get the ball to him, something is going to happen. You know, there is a Spanish phrase, the ball always goes to the 10, la pelota siempre adiós. And when you have that type of player, that sort of sun that everything else orbits around. It's so special when it happens and it comes together and it it actually works. I think the number 10 shirt is venerated in Italy because more often than not, all the other work that the team does can really only come to its ultimate fruition if the number 10 does his job. It's essentially all going through him and the strikers, what they achieve will be because of what the number 10 has done. He he is the mind of the team. He is also, and I think this is possibly also particularly Italian perspective because at times their football wasn't as imaginative as, say, 
uh, some other Latin nations. He was also the, the one player who you would rely on to have estro, to bring some kind of fantasy. In fact, in Italy, it's even called a fantasista, that position, to bring some creativity to the team, to do the unexpected, to achieve the impossible at a time when it seemed that there were no options. The, the fantasista, the number 10, would be able to magic something up. The ultimate creative player, the player who's... I guess sole responsibility was to be creative. Different sports revere different numbers. Everybody knows Michael Jordan wore 23, right? Jordan played in the 80s and 90s. But before we had names on jerseys or substitutions or cards or color TVs or fax machines, soccer had number 10. The Best Soccer Podcast in the World is a production of Exile Content Studios in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network and is hosted by me, Nando Vila. Produced by Ana Isabel Octavio and Zach Lee Rigg. Written by Zach Lee Rigg. Production assistance by Stella Emmett. Our executive producers are Isaac Lee, Rose Reed, and myself, Nando Vila. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Vances and Arlene Santana. Sound design by Hugo Mendoza. Our awesome theme song is by Lou Jay. Special thanks to all the voices who participated in this episode, John Arnold, Alexi Lalas, Michael Yokin, James Richardson, and Gabriele Marcotti. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.